This is the Pleasurable Money Podcast. Hi, I'm Megan, and I'm the divine alien driving this here spaceship. I'm a pleasurable money coach with over a decade of experience in finance. During that time, I have learned that a mix of systems and spirituality makes a perfect blend. I have helped hundreds of spiritual business owners heal their relationship with money, and I'm here to teach you how to become money's ride or die. Stop treating money like a booty call using the help of tools like breathwork and pleasure, which will be featured on this podcast. And learn from me and other experts about how to own your wealth. Together, we will break down what it looks like to be in relationship with money and to be in full embodiment with your pleasure. There's so much new happening in the Pleasurable Money podcast. I'm going to be adding a video aspect and we're going to be adding some new segments. I'm super excited about all of that. It's going to be, I mean, the podcast is just going to be so fun and hopefully well produced if I can learn how to do all of this editing by myself you know it's like it's a lot of work it's kind of crazy today's episode is an interview that I did with my friend Ashley Maisie in August of last year it is now April of 2022 and this episode was right in the midst of a lot of lockdowns that were happening because of the pandemic in Australia And she was dealing with these lockdowns and trying to open an in-person studio. So having to switch from in-person to online over and over and over again was causing her a lot of strife. But her stick-to-itiveness, her inspiration to continue trucking on through is just amazing. And it's crazy how long I've known Ashley and how long she's been talking about this. And she even mentions like... She doesn't realize how how long she's been in the works of building this studio until she talks to me and like people like me that she's known forever and realizes that she's been talking about it forever. So the conversation was just super fun. She talks a little bit about some of the mind trash that she's going through and the difficulties of getting funding being a woman being a young woman specifically and how she finally got some investors and went into business with some of her own massage clients which is super super cool if you have any questions for ash that you would like for me to pass on i would love to send her some questions if If you want to send a voice note through Anchor, which is super fun for me to be able to connect with my audience in that way so that we can kind of like there's no comment section, you know, there's no DMs here on the podcast. But if you want to send a voice memo through Anchor, that link will be in the description of the podcast in the pod notes. So that would be really cool if you wanted to send in some questions for Ashley and I'll send them over to her and maybe I can get her to send some voice memos back and I'll create like a like a part two 
to this podcast and she'll answer any questions that come up. Okay, so I think that's all I had to say. I hope that you are having an amazing spring if you're in the northern hemisphere. I hope that you're having an amazing fall if you're in the southern hemisphere. Wherever you are, I hope the weather is amazing. And I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do enjoy this episode, please follow me on Instagram where all of the updates that's where I hang out the most leave a leave a review five stars that would be amazing and yeah tune in next week for our first vodcast I am going to be adding video aspect to the podcast like I mentioned at the top I'm going to add I'm going to upload to YouTube and start doing a video aspect because I love video podcasts they're so fun and I think I feel like that's really that what what the kids are doing these days it's really modern to have a vodcast so anyway I love you all I'm here with Ashley Maisie the owner of the free living studio and we're going to talk all about business opening your own studio and what it's like to uh, like be a badass entrepreneur so Ash if you want to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what makes you you that'd be awesome well, firstly, I want to say thank you for having me because it's been far too long since we've even spoken and now we're sitting on your podcast. Um, so I am Ashley, um, like Megan mentioned, the owner of Free Living Studio. So essentially what I do is I am over in Australia in the Gold Coast. Um, I've just opened a functional fitness, yoga and wellness center. So the studio itself offers um, both functional movement, different styles of fitness. We offer mat Pilates, um, Pilates inspired classes, a little spicy ass class, and then some different dynamic yoga practices as well. Um, in our space, we also offer different therapies. So I've got hypnotherapist, Reiki, kinesiology, facials, massage. So it's kind of a holistic center to bring the whole lifestyle together rather than just focusing on one area of our wellness. Beautiful. And Ash, how long has this project been in the making? Way too long. Um, <laughs> so the project has been in the making for the project itself at this location has been in the making for maybe just over a year and a half now. Um, the concept and the birth of this style of business has probably been for the last four to five years. Um, I did begin with managing and opening a studio over in Bali. So that was a very similar concept, um, running both yoga shala, fitness center and opening that from scratch. But we've only been open here on the Gold Coast for one month now. How exciting. So let's talk a little bit about how you and I know each other. So we got introduced together by our beautiful friend, M. And we were doing this awesome little entrepreneurial mastermind for like a probably a solid year, right? Like mm -hmm. over a year uh, meeting biweekly and we would have these chats. We would do a little share, do a little win and then have an ask or a need of some kind that we would all support each other with. So I remember you started talking about this years ago and it's just so beautiful to see it come to life. How ecstatic are you? Oh, so excited. I think it's only like conversations like this that make me realize how long it has been in the making. Yeah. Whereas like the head down of the project feels like it's only been the past year. But when I have conversations to people like yourself and after the mastermind, while 
in the mastermind, I was doing health coaching or I was just teaching yoga. I was doing a whole heap of random stuff. Um, so now to know that it actually, the seeds were planted then and it was that growth period since then makes it even more exciting that, okay, yeah, wow, it is actually a physical space that has actually happened um, compared to what we were planning and the projects that I was building back then we were talking. Yeah. So I'd love to know how you did mention your chalet in Bali that you were running a little bit. How does that how does that experience compare to you being like the actual owner and CEO and coordinator and everything else of your own studio? It's been a journey, that's for sure. Um, I think it's been really beautiful to transition from something like Bali where I had such a strong community. Um, at the moment, because I'm still in the building phase of bringing on the teachers, figuring out and navigating what it means to actually run the studio, um, it feels still a little bit lonely at the moment because it's kind of like a one-man band. Like, yes, I've got teachers. Yes, I've got contractors. But it's me, myself, and I doing the whole kind of experience. Whereas in Bali, it was myself managing and then there was two other owners and we had a huge team. And because Bali is quite relaxed living, like there was always people at the Shala, like it was such a community hub. Um, and that's an intention for the studio, uh, but it is a growth period to get to that point where there's people hanging out and I've got more of a team. And so, yeah, it's just been an interesting experience to go from working and managing which I loved building that concept but I also don't like being told what to do so now I can kind of create the rules and tell everyone not what to do but build the basis rather than have to work within guidelines um to match a certain brand whereas the brand is I get to create it each and every day yeah tell me a little bit about some of the mind trash that you've had to to wade through as far as like becoming your own boss and like taking on this massive challenge and undertaking I think at the moment the hugest piece has been the worthiness piece and not feeling enough to hold this space or not feeling I guess the word like professionalism kind of keeps coming into place of like how professional do I need to be like I'm very relaxed with my staff and my teachers. Like I'm kind of like their best friend. Like we'll have a chat about random stuff all the time. Like have they been on a date? Like what are they up to? Like, <laughs> And so I kept having these stories of like, well, no, you're the boss. No, you have to be professional. You can't have these conversations. But that's not really the energy that I wanted to bring into the studio anyway. So it's kind of, I'm in this dance of breaking the rules of working your nine to five to make the business happen but also finding the fluidity and the flexibility to create my own rules as to how it shows up. Yeah. And so before we actually started recording, you mentioned you just got done with the gym. So it sounds like you're trying to keep on your own rituals. You're trying to keep sane by doing the things you know how to do. Is that right? Yeah. And that's actually been a piece that's, that's made me feel really guilty in the beginning. Like I kind of had this misconception that once the doors were open, like I was going to be flooded at the studio. I have to be there 24 seven. Like I need to be at the studio, but the whole way I designed it was so that I have a broad range of teachers and a broad range of experiences for my students so that I don't have to be there 24 seven. So 
at the moment, like I personally choose to start my day at around 11 a.m. before I get into work so that I can go for a beach walk. I can still do my own training because for me, if I'm not training and I'm running a fitness studio, it's kind of like a catch 22. Like I'm not doing what I'm preaching. Like I'm there teaching the classes or they're telling everyone to do the workout, but I'm not doing that for myself. So for me, it's really important to do my own personal training away from the studio um, in the mornings before I even get started or get stuck into being at the studio. Yeah, I was having this conversation with someone literally today about how easy it can be to slip away from the things that we know are tried and true uh, just because we know them. Like, yeah, we know that works. So I'll just like take a break or like let it slide for a little while. I just recently got back into my own rituals and like started Mm -hmm. pulling cards again and meeting with my money every day. Things I literally teach my clients every single day, but sometimes they just fall to the wayside. So I love that you're Mm. finding that super valuable in this moment. Well, I noticed that as well, like exactly like you were saying, teaching your clients and telling them to do the daily rituals and meet with their money and pull the cards. It's like, that's what I found myself doing. Like I was posting on the Instagram, like what workouts are you coming to? Or I was teaching my yoga classes of, you know, teaching people the breath work and telling them to slow down and be with their body. I'm like, uh, hello, like, are you listening? Because <laughs> you're not doing that right now. So it's, yeah, taking the time to pull back into those rituals and knowing that the business is going to grow naturally if you're looking after yourself. Like I think for me, that's been the biggest piece of advice that I'm continuing to get recently is you are the core of your business. So if you're not looking after you, there is no business. Like if you're sick or like under the weather or just do not have the attention span to feed into your business because you're not doing your daily rituals, then how can the business thrive if you're not thriving? Like if we're under the pump and exhausted tired, which is kind of what I've been in the last couple of months and why my rituals are really playing into place even stronger is because how can I show up in the business if I can't show up for myself? Yeah. And I think it's so important, especially as manifesting generators, you and I are both manifesting generators. It's so important Mm -hmm. to get down to our basics over and over and over again, because we just get so in the weeds. It's like we can't see like we're in the woods and we can't see the big forest because we're in the trees, you know, so like we, we can't see our 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 the bigger picture of our practices because we're so into the details of our business of the people around us so yeah I'm also curious about so you also are a massage therapist you do body work you do coaching so you were a service provider or are a service provider so how did that inform you in creating schedules and hiring people um, in that in that same position That for me has been the biggest way that it has shaped my business in the regards to how I hire teachers, who I bring on, what I want in the studio. Um, For myself personally within the business, so the business is called Free Living and the whole fundamental of that is to create a free lifestyle, not only for myself, but for teachers. So it's helped me, like I'm redoing the schedule at the moment because I want to be able to give teachers ship and back-to-backs and doubles because I know as a teacher, it is exhausting to do one class here and one class there and run all over the place and only doing like these kind of mismatched shifts. So 
I experienced that as a teacher, like doing one class here and there, like that's exhausting. So that's even the concept and the kind of way that I structure my timetable, because if, you know, if I'm putting specific classes on at a Monday night, but the teachers that I want to teach can't teach, and I have someone else that doesn't teach that style of class, like I'm not going to get the clients there. Whereas say, for example, if, if my ideal teacher can only teach that class on a Wednesday, like I'd rather reschedule the timetable to have it like that because people are going to get the full capacity of that class rather than come to a class that works better in the timetable, but it's not a teacher that fits that style class. Um, yeah. So those are some of the ways that I've kind of like weaved in the scheduling side of things. Um, but it has been an adjustment to go from, say, like a sole trader or a kind of solopreneur to now navigating nine teachers and therapists and room rentals and room height, like all the beyond stuff that is now more admin than actually being a body worker and being a teacher. Um, but I guess a beautiful experience with that is I love the business side. And that's what I'm starting to wake up to now is I thrive off like how can the business grow? Who are the teachers that work well um, rather than me doing everything because it's not going to be of service to the business, to my clients, to myself if I'm doing everything and burnt out. Yeah. So what do you find yourself filling your day with as far as like picking up classes and like CEO tasks? Yeah. That I'm trying to figure out at the moment. Um, it's like a new, like I'm finding in the new part of the journey to go from, because the past year has been so focused on building the brand. So now it's working in the business. So it's kind of been a huge pivot in the last month. Um, we've also hit two lockdowns in the first month of opening. So my days have looked like Rescheduling the timetable, bringing on clients for one-on-ones if we're in lockdown, switching over to online. So turning the studio into film studio, like it's been such a mismatch mm. of activities. Um, but my basic day-to-day essentially is like doing my workout, doing my practices in the morning and then checking emails from clients, making sure like the social media is up to date, just checking to see like if any teachers need anything, ensure like the studio's clean, just basic stuff like that until I start to hit the next phase where we go back into the growth of what our next projects are in the studio. Yeah. So I'm sure I have a lot of uh, aspiring studio owners out there. So I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about the process of like finding a space, getting approved, getting a loan, all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is why I was really excited to talk to you because it's been literally the wildest ride to get to where it is. Chuck in the lockdowns, chuck in the financial stress of the world. <laughs> so it's been a mission. Um, but last year, I I actually had no intention of opening this space last year. Um, it was a matter of I was driving down the Gold Coast Highway, which is where the studio is located. And they built, were building this giant new apartment complex and they had advertised that there was going to be retail spaces below. And so I was like, well, that's a gorgeous building. It's a perfect spot. That would kind of be fun. Like I wonder how much something like that would cost. So I called them up and they're like, oh, come have a chat with us. 
And it ended up that I walked into the sales office and they got me to pitch my business idea directly and first off. Um, and yeah, so I, I had to pitch my idea on the spot. And at the end, they're like, okay, great. Like, we'd love to have you in space. Can you send us your business plan? And so I'm walking out of there like, oh shit, like <laughs> don't have a business plan. Wasn't intending on opening a studio, but okay, I guess we're doing it now. So yeah. over the next three days, like I built a 50 page business plan based on what the classes will be, what the membership prices would be. Like, dude, I what remember I you sent that to the group and I was floored. I was like, <laughs> Oh my God. Like I wanted to save it for if, for if ever I like wanted to open a studio in the future to like use as a template because I, yeah. it was so beautiful. And the way you just like put it all together in a matter of days, I was shook. I was shook. It was so crazy. Like I went into like this vortex of like everything <laughs> that I always stored of what I wanted in a studio just went into this 50 page PowerPoint. And it was like who the ideal clients were. And I got their little photos and put like who I wanted in the studio. Um, and it's actually really cool because I'll jump back. But one of the sections I kind of like pre-framed, I scripted what the feeling would be in the studio. And it was like, it's a white spacious studio. It's really minimalistic. Like it smells like salted caramel. Like I had all these descriptions of what the studio would be. And so last week I reopened this PowerPoint and the studio fit out and the candle and everything that I wrote in the script is exactly the same in the oh studio physically as to what I wrote in that business plan. And this was just to pitch the idea to get the location. <laughs> so it was like really cool to see that actually come into play. And, and M, our mutual friend who we've obviously spoken about is the one who taught us both about scripting. So to show that come into play was incredible um so yeah pretty much it was a complete surprise um were you living in New Zealand at the time or were you in Australia I was in this in Australia at the time and so I had just secured the space but I hadn't signed a lease and that's when like the whole world shut down and COVID went crazy so with that I lost all three streams of my income from massage to managing a gym to teaching yoga so everything that I was going to financially support this new business venture like disappeared overnight and I had to go back to New Zealand within 12 hours so it was like put the whole business idea on board like nothing happened with it it just got completely benched for three months what a and fucking was, test from the universe dude like they were like okay I'm gonna dangle this carrot in front of you do you see how cool this is gonna be and then I'm just gonna take yeah. it away from you and see if you'll still trust Exactly. And that was the hardest part was being in New Zealand with no income, just losing like three streams of income that was going to feed into this business idea and being in a country that I don't particularly want to be in. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to do now? So it was that trust process for like three months. And then I decided to come back to Australia and the day I landed back on the ground, I went to the studio. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it happen, but I'm making it happen. So I had meetings like every week since. And like due to COVID, I couldn't get any bank loans. So every single bank loan I applied for was like, nah, not going to happen. Every single person said to me, if you'd applied six months earlier, we would have approved you. So it was like, 
back to back, no, 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 no. And I'm like, like, how the hell am I going to do this? And so I was just bluffing like hell with the lease, like with the building because they're like, you know, do you have the cash? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, no problem. Got the cash in my bank, not a worry. <laughs> Did not have a cent to my name to like make this video happen. And so... I went down the route of a bit of crowdfunding. So I did work um, and do a crowdfunding initiative, which funded enough to get like the legal fees and stuff sorted to begin with. Um, and then I went down the track of bringing on an investor. So a silent partner. Oh, I forgot that you did that crowdfunding. I donated. You are like my queen donation. <laughs> I I believe in you so much, dude. Like, this is going to be like the crown jewel of the Gold Coast. I just know it. Oh, it is. It, it, like, it's, it's so beautiful to see the community already. And just, I think the biggest piece along the whole process, like, I didn't look at other locations. I didn't shop around for spaces. I didn't kind of go to all these different spaces looking for a location like it was kind of just I was driving one day and it was one of those gut feelings was like that's mine and I have to have it and I have to make it work and when it was just like going back and forth and then New Zealand I was like is this even going to happen and that was the practice of like surrendering to it Mm -hmm. and then when I came back from like New Zealand back to Australia it was just that full body knowing of like I have no idea how the hell I'm going to make this happen but something magic is going to happen and it will work. So it was just like one thing after another. And I actually ended up reaching out to a couple that I know who work in like home loans and like mortgage brokers and um, yeah, kind of like loan area. And I just said to them, I was like, what are my options? Is there a possibility to get a small business loan through something like a home loan business? And so we were just going through, options and ideas and they decided to come on as investors so I have some beautiful massage clients of mine as my business partners wow how incredible and how did you feel like oh my god I just had the question and it left me um okay we'll move on um (laughs) How did you decide whether or not to go like into business with this pe- these people? Because I've I've had some opportunities in the past to partner up with people and yeah. <clears throat> kind of hitch my wagon to someone else. So like, mm-hmm. what what were your parameters for bringing them on? Yeah, that's a really good question because from the from the beginning, I was looking for an investor. Um, I didn't, I was even looking into the option of a business partner, like partnership, but I don't like being told what to do. So I knew that wasn't going to work in the long term because I had such a strong, strong vision for the whole concept. Um, not just the studio, but even the avenues that it's going to grow to in the next couple of months. But it was, it was getting clear on what I needed from someone and I originally wanted to do the whole thing on my own and that even a lesson in business has been my biggest lesson that we can't always do it on our own and it's okay to ask for help. So that was like my number one top thing was 
you need to ask for help if you're going to make this happen. Like there are people that believe in you and there are people that are going to like believe in your vision, if not more than what you do. Um, so I'd had like, I'd had a lot of different meetings with a lot of different people for like a business partnership for investors. Um, I, you know, tried different things like different crowdfunding platforms. I tried a lot of different things and it kind of, it got towards the end where I was like, I'm actually don't think I'm going to be able to do this. Like I do not have the money and they're like pressing hard on me to sign this contract and I need to show them that I have the funds. And it was kind of getting to a last resort and that's where I had to be really careful because I was not, I was nearly getting desperate for the money if I was going to make this happen. And that's where it was starting to work, like walk a little rocky road because I was like, if there's desperation, like I'm going to sign up to a partnership that is not going to work for my business and it's not going to work for me. And it's going to be someone taking over a huge portion of my business that I've worked so hard to build the concept to where it is. So I had to just be really, really careful. Um, And it was just a lot of meetings with my accountant to be like, what does it look like? What do I need to ask for? What you know, what is their role? What is my role? And it was just a lot of back and forth with my accountant to be like, what are my options and what are the, what is the most ideal situation? Um, so then going in, like I had originally asked them for a loan and they proposed the investor situation. So that was kind of an ideal situation because they knew I wanted to go into it independently, Yeah. but they knew from a background of loans that I wasn't going to get approved but they believed in my vision so much that they didn't want an active role because they're already busy. They just want to support. So that's kind of where it was at in the sense of getting really, really clear on what you need and asking for that. And it was the exact same thing that I did with the crowdfunding. Like I just put it out and I said, this is what I believe in wholeheartedly. Like, if you believe in me, can you please support me? And if you don't, that's fine. Like it wasn't a, a desperation, but it was just got to the point that it's like woman in business. Like I even did a lot of research on the stats, like to get funding for women in business is so low that it's nearly impossible. Like it is so minimal, which I know a lot of your listeners are probably American based. I went through I fund women, which is American based and like, the stats that they have and the knowledge that they have is really incredible to look into if you are starting a new business adventure because yeah getting loans and getting like partnerships or money for like women in business is actually really really challenging and even my age like people wouldn't take me seriously they'd be like are you kidding like they they just kind of blink it over and be like whatever good luck like <laughs> see you later and tell my audience that. how old you are ash 23 24 next month 24 next month um 24 next month yeah god you're such a powerhouse um thank you for sharing all of that with me because I just find it so fascinating especially the business the the mechanics of the business you know securing a loan all of that stuff that people don't really tell you about like once you open a studio they're like asking you about schedules and money and all of that stuff but people don't really talk about what the fuck it takes to get to opening the studio and like all the yep. hoops you have to jump through did you 
look into like uh, government grants and stuff like that? Yeah, so I definitely took a little look into them and that is something that I'll probably continue to do is I even went for a walk with a friend who is very involved in regards to like getting funding and government grants and things like that. And at the time, there wasn't a lot available for the type of business that it was. So that was the other thing. It's like, it's a lot of research to find the correct funding. And it's more just working smart. Like I had this huge vision of what I wanted to fit out to look like. And so that was the biggest wake up call is everything is fucking expensive. Like that was the huge wake up call going into it was like, okay, cool. Well, this is my Pinterest board and this is what I want the fit out to look out uh, look like. And then you get the quote back and you're like, well, shit, like that's not going to happen with that specifically. So it's, it's getting smart with the money. And that's been the hugest lesson to begin with because I value things really highly. So I don't mind spending extra on certain things. Um, but when it comes to cash flow perspective, it's like, all right, okay, I need to be a little bit smarter with that. Like, do you really need that at $200 when you could probably like get it from somewhere else a little bit cheaper? So that was the hugest lesson was like being really, really smart with the money and like the fit out. Like I ended up going through a friend and he built it for me. And that was, I'm like forever grateful for the amount of work that he put into the studio because not only did it save me a lot of money, but I also got to be involved in mm. the building process. Like it wasn't just like, okay, here's my design, build my studio. I'll see you in three weeks. Like I got to watch and be involved and build and paint and like actively have my hands on in that process as well. And understand like he not only saved me money, but he made me understand how much everything cost. And it was really intentional with what we chose to do with each space of the studio. I love that. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about what you realized was actually important to you as far as like spending money and the things in the studio and what you could actually compromise on. Mm. Aesthetic was my number one priority, like aesthetic and like practical kind of, yeah, being practical in this space. Um, it's a very minimalist studio. So it was being really clever on the design of the studio while being practical. So it was like every part of the studio is practical, but also a feature. So it's like behind the reception desk is a beautiful like wooden batten wall. And it's like, that makes it look so much more luxe and it's intentional than having to go and buy like extra wall hangings or photo frames or, you know, all these extra features because now the reception area doesn't need all this stuff to bring it alive because that in itself is a feature. Um, but I guess my biggest priorities were aesthetic and making it look as luxe as possible. So I was happy to spend a little extra, like all the equipment is Lululemon mats, blocks, bolsters, like everything is Lululemon based um, in regards to quality because I value the quality of equipment. Um, and it was more just like, I'd rather save on some marketing costs and get really luxe equipment and high quality, like equipment based stuff while I was in the fit out process. And now that we're open, I'll probably redirect the spending now towards marketing. 
Beautiful. So I, I'd love to reiterate that for everyone listening. Ash really narrowed in on what her values are, what her authentic code for the space was. And also she knew that there were there was plenty of time to spend on other things in the future. So we get to prioritize our spending. We get to say, okay, this is important to me now. Not that marketing is never going to be important to me in the future, but I'm going to prioritize the the aesthetic, the looks of the studio, the the equipment first. And then once we recoup a little bit, once a little bit of time has gone by, we'll redirect to other things that are also very important. So yeah. it's all about being that CEO, stepping into that mindset of like, I get to have it all, but just not all at once. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things I learned in regards to the studio specifically, and this can be through any different businesses, but knowing that you can add on, like, there's so much more that I want in the studio, but it's like, it's actually exciting for the clients to be like, oh, we've got new equipment this week. Like, how exciting. Like, instead of having everything at the beginning, like, what was my essentials that I needed? And then what is like extra I can add on? It's like this week, it's like add in booty bands and sliders and things like that, that it was like not necessary for the first opening month of classes. Now it's like an extra added bonus to spice the classes up a little bit. So it's, yeah, knowing that you can add on later and it actually works out better because people get excited because they they see you expanding not only your business or your space, but they get extra value each month and then they don't get bored. Yeah, you're improving. It shows that you are, that you care about keeping the the studio up to date and mm. as, like you said, as luxe as possible. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so let's actually, <laughs> I haven't actually asked you any of the questions I had prepared. I mean, I touched on some of them, but let's, I'm going to ask you a couple questions. So um, the first question that I want to ask you is, let's see. Okay. Free Living Studio is the first boutique studio that combines functional movement, yoga, and healing modalities in one location. Why is it important to incorporate these things together? For me personally, it's really important to bring the holistic lifestyle. Um, I know that a lot of us swing one way with our training. And free living is more specific to mental health and mindfulness. So when we bring in the strength and the yoga, it's kind of combating and allowing our body the time to recover and also to complement each other. I noticed that when we were running outdoor classes, like our clients were recovering so much quicker from doing like a fitness workout, then yoga, then fitness, then yoga, and just like swapping it up because it makes the body a lot more adaptable to your training rather than like burning out doing one style of training all the time um I personally train weights every day but I do love to complement it with the yoga and it just allows the extra space in the body to receive the benefits from both styles of training I love that before we move too far away from the aspects of the studio itself what is your favorite part of your studio as in like what it looks like or just the whole part? Yeah, like what is your favorite feature or like item or like corner in the studio? Yeah. My favorite feature is walking into the reception room um, with the timber feature panel like wall at the back. 
and knowing that I hand painted every single one of those damn things, but it's so beautiful. So it's like, I love it. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. Okay. I just had to know that. So, and then I'd love to know how all of those things, combining functional movement, yoga, and the healing modalities, how do they work together to maintain your body, mind, and soul? That's a good question. Um, for me personally and for the clients, it is about like the way that I like to look at it is like strengthening and lengthening the body. So it's, we're not only strengthening the body, but we're also strengthening the mind. So the way I kind of have been explaining it with the studio specifically with offering the healing modalities, the yoga and the fitness is it's like we get to hit the tip of the iceberg in the classes. Like you, you get to like lean in, you find your edge, you find your strength. And then with the healing modalities, because we've got things like hypno and kinesiology and different therapy sessions, then you get to dig deeper. So it's like in the classes, we bring the emotions and we bring the strength and we bring the physical aspect to the surface. And then the healing modalities go in to go deep into the body, whether that's physical recovery through massage or you know, different things from feeling tired and sore so that you're living optimally or whether that is more mentally and emotionally, all these things are getting stirred up in the yoga class, in the movement class, and then you delve deeper into it in the healing modality so you can kind of feel a lot more aligned and sustainable in your living. I love that. It And it just screams ash. Like everything you do is all about like, all the holistic of the mind body and soul like even I mean you were my coach you were my health coach at one point way back (laughs) three years ago way at the beginning um and yeah you were just always about the mindset and the body and bringing in my rituals and making sure my soul was nourished and I just love Mm. that you're like it's like expanding that on a huge stage almost it's like you're able to take all of the aspects of yourself and just like blow it up and make it like massive and I love that yeah yeah (laughs) okay so um I'd love to know okay so community is your number one pillar and driving force so why is community so essential after the year and a half that we've just had oh I could talk for days on this topic. Community (laughs) and connection is like the biggest pillars of the business and why I do what I do. It's also been the most challenging value to have in the past year when not only were were we all in lockdown and separated, but for the studio specifically without what's happening in the world is I was building a business on my own behind the scenes with the highest value that was community and connection and not receiving any community connection yet because it wasn't open. So that was a challenge to actually bring it to life, knowing that that was my biggest value and working quite solo behind the scenes on it. But in regards to what's happening in the world and the community and the connection, it's everyone's becoming afraid of each other and we're spending so much time alone and in our heads that when we do come together, it's like people just let their guard down finally. And because we're spending so much time alone or at home or in our apartments or not being able to see loved ones and 
having a strong community wherever you live is so important if you can't see your loved ones because you're still getting that sense of nourishment. You're still getting that sense of love. You're still getting that sense of feeling seen and heard and held. And those are the biggest values. Like I want to make sure that if someone walks in the studio, they feel like they're walking into a big hug and they've been asked how their day is because right now, like I've been saying a little bit on my socials, like you have no idea what is behind the face of a half smile of someone at the moment. Like they could be thriving or they could just be surviving and you have no idea at the moment. So to build a place where people can come together and just Forget about whatever life circumstance they're in at the moment and be in their body, whether that's through the movement or just having a conversation or, you know, having a chat with the people next to them. It's just so important to see that. And it's a huge kind of, yeah, avenue for growth for the studio. Like I am really gutted that we keep going into lockdowns because I've got so many ideas for events and workshops but at the same time it emphasizes the importance of them more each time we go into lockdown because people crave people when we come back out yeah I think that's even what I said to you last year when you're so gutted about going into lockdown and I was like dude people are gonna be so ready for community and like touching each other and just like even Mm. like little adjustments from a yoga teacher like that's gonna be like so fulfilling to just have that human touch and like yeah I fully believe that and honestly I like that's what I'm trying to create with my discord community is just like having a place where people can come co-work having a place where people can come talk about money and like jump in a voice channel and like jam out on whatever's going on in their lives so I'd love to know like what are some ways that you hold space for others and like what is what role does your studio play in holding that space the biggest role and thing that I'm teaching at the moment in the studio is for people to get really quiet and listen to their own opinions and their own feelings and their own belief systems So in my personal classes, in my own personal teaching, it's like, okay, for the next 60 minutes, like block out whatever the hell noise is going on in the world and like come back to you. Like, are you borrowing that opinion from someone else? Are you borrowing that story or feeding into the noise of the media because it's there or do you actually believe in that? So for me, that is the role of the studio at the moment is to come into a space where you can come back to yourself and be like what do I believe in like even with the restrictions and the rules that we have to follow suit like yes okay I'm going to make sure it's safe for everyone but what do you believe in like I'm not going to discriminate if you're wearing a mask or not wearing a mask and that's a different story in Australia and things like that but it's creating safety but with freedom to be like, what do you choose and how do you choose it? And how are you showing up in your life to be present and to let go of the noise? Yeah, I guess the biggest piece of ours to sum it up is to get quiet and let go of the noise because there's so much of it right now. Yeah, I I can feel that. And it's one thing where like, I'm going to do what's going to make me feel safe, regardless Mm -hmm. of what anybody else thinks and what anybody else wants to put on me I'm going to do what yeah. makes me feel safe so exactly 
And I'm not going to judge anybody else who wants to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so what are you looking forward to during this next chapter? You've only been open for a month. We've already hit a couple lockdowns, but like as you're open for longer and longer, what are your goals? What are you most excited about? Definitely excited to get an online studio up and running so that every time we shut down, we have a backup plan. Um, and also with that, like with the online offerings, I'm really excited to kind of invite people from around the world to experience the movement of free living. And it's going to be a platform because the studio itself is designed that you can get your movement, you can get your yoga, you can get your sweat, you can get your strength. But then we also are going to be offering in person like this weekend we've got an in-person workshop with a psychologist. So everything that I offer in the physical studio is something that I'm wanting to flip over to the online in the next couple of months. So that's something I'm really excited about to invite the broader community. Um, but in the physical studio, like yoga teacher trainings, we're going to start to do like film nights every couple of weeks um, and just like have a big film like up on the side of the studio and just as anything to do with community activations is what I'm excited for in the next couple of months is to really emphasize like workshops, wellness workshops, mini day retreat, um, yeah, film workshops, anything that makes people feel a part of like a family. I love that. I'm going to come just to work out. I'm going to fly to Australia yes. for the first time ever just so I can do a workout. Yes, please do. <laughs> um, well, I wanted to... I don't want to put you on the spot, but <laughs> I wanted to, I wanted to float the idea to you of you coming and speaking to my group coaching membership that I'm working on facilitating and getting beta testers for, because it is all about divine drip, getting out of our heads, getting into our bodies and like embodying the luxury that we, that we yeah. want to identify and connect with. So I'd love to have an embodiment exercise class done Amazing by you that would be so fucking cool awesome I can definitely do that <laughs> <laughs> and we can do it from around the world from each other yeah we get awesome okay well I think that's all my questions I mean I had a ton more but I think that's a beautiful place to stop so cool. if you could leave my audience with one thing what would it be about money about business about free living mm. The biggest thing that's ringing true for me at the moment is get so clear on what your mission is and stop comparing like what everyone else is. My biggest piece of business advice is collaboration over competition and there's always room. Like, there mm -hmm. is always room. So just be okay with that part. I love that. I honestly don't believe in competition whatsoever when people are like, so what what separates you from your competition? I'm like, what I don't even know the meaning of that word. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. what competition? Yeah. yeah, let's just hang out and work together. <laughs> yeah, like I'm yeah. gonna refer people to to other money coaches if I feel like we're not a good fit. Like, there is no competition. Like, oh, that's the same with the studio. Like, people are asking for pre and postnatal or crate, and I'm like, don't offer it. Sorry, here's a great studio down the road that you can go to. Like, if not everyone's going to be the fit for your business and that's fine and be okay to refer on. And yeah. that's my biggest standing in the truth. Like if someone's coming to me and they want like heavy strength training, like, yeah, I offer strength training, but not what they're after. So great. Like not like Olympic weightlifting. 
Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> otherwise they're going to be dissatisfied. So it's like I'd rather satisfy them by inviting them to go somewhere else than to try and look them to enjoy what I've got to offer when it's not what they're looking for. Totally. All right, Ash, where can we find you? You can find me on Free Living Studio on Instagram or myself is Ashley Maisie with a little underscore on Instagram. Um, there is some live videos, Instagram TV videos, if anyone is craving a little movement practice. Um, but those are the best places to find me. Awesome. Yeah, I've been seeing the Free Living page going live a lot recently. Yeah. Yeah. Now that we're at lockdown, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Ash, thank you so much for joining me. I had so much fun. Thank you so much. And we'll have all of your offerings, all of the places where you can find Ash in the show notes. And I hope you check her out and definitely fly to Australia if you just want to get a good workout in. Is there yeah. in the building that you, um, your tenant, your studio is, is there like apartments mm -hmm. and like a hotel or anything in that building? There's 220 apartments above the studio. Ooh, maybe I can find an Airbnb or something in there. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I can just stay at I'll the studio. I'll just like sleep in the studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can sleep in the massage room. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, it'll be nice and cozy in there. Okay, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. See you Thank next you. time. Bye. Cold pizza Tuesday. This episode of the Pleasurable Money Podcast is sponsored by the Drip Money Membership. Drip is a group coaching, pleasure-centered membership where we infuse ritual into your relationship with money. Inside the membership vault, you will find my signature sacred money method, meditations, Q&As, moon ceremonies, and so many other tools to help you on your journey. When you devote your energy to your relationship with money by joining this membership, everything changes. Your connection to self deepens. Your affair with spending and receiving becomes fun. And your alignment with your authenticity becomes downright sensual. Forge new relationships with other spiritual entrepreneurs. Prioritize money and life by joining Drip now. You've been listening to the Pleasurable Money Podcast. If you want to attract more money into your life, subscribe to Pleasurable Money wherever you listen. And if you learned something today, DM this episode to a friend. Reviews help this podcast reach the rest of the world, so if you leave a five-star review on iTunes, it could be featured in a future episode. Love you so much. Bye.